it's just about setting yourself up for success in both areas of your life. Because what happens is when you're feeling stress or shame about being at work, when you feel bad that you're not with your kids, or when you feel stress or shame that you're with your kids, but you feel like you should be doing work, you're just going to get worse in both areas. It's actually way more effective to just be like, okay, I'm a working parent and I really want to do both of these things with heart and with passion and with purpose. So when I'm at work, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do my very best. And when I'm at home, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do my very best. It's that intentionality in both spaces that really allows you to thrive in both spaces. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rachel and welcome to another episode of the show. I'll start off by telling you that today's conversation finds me with really low energy. I've been hyping myself up for like an hour to do this episode because this is my job and I got to do it, but I thought it was probably important and very real to explain that there are times when I don't have the energy. I find myself in the midst of a speaking tour. I wrap that up this week, but I've never done something like this before. And the travel is a lot as well as I think I've told you guys that I have spent the last few months trying to get my iron stores back to where they need to be. Sorry. See, even, even my thought process, my brain just moves really slowly. So I have pretty severe anemia from months and months and months of very heavy periods. And I didn't really know what was going on at first and then worked with my doctor and found out that, like I said, my iron stores are really low and I'm severely anemic and that causes all kinds of problems. Most specifically, I was feeling it emotionally and forgive me if I've already told you guys this, but I was feeling it emotionally. I was feeling really depressed and I had my first panic attack and I just felt like my emotions were all over the place and I didn't know what was going on and found out that it was anemia, which I am telling you in case you also didn't know that anemia can affect how your mind's working. It affects brain fog. It affects focus, your feelings. It can make you feel really depressed, which was what was happening to me. There's all sorts of side effects because anemia affects your blood and your blood is what transports oxygen to your brain. So if you're having issues and you don't really know what they are and you also are experiencing heavy periods or just not feeling great, it's definitely worth checking in with your doctor. But all of that to say, I just got off my period, which means I just, even though I'm taking iron and doing all the things, everything's depleted. And in these few days post-period, I just end up feeling really weak and my mind works really slowly, which is so frustrating for me because having my mind be sharp is the thing that I want most in the world. And I live my life to accommodate that. But unfortunately, right now, it's just a little funky. But I wanted to show up anyway. And I wanted to tell you the truth about how I was feeling, because I think it's really important to be seeing and hearing everyone talk about what it looks like to show up when you have to show up, but you don't really feel like showing up. 
because that's very real. I think every single one of us will encounter this at some point in our lives. And if you're someone who bleeds, it's perhaps something you'll encounter more than once. But for me, it's worth talking about what's going on. And as per usual, Jeffrey, the world's greatest mini schnauzer, is in the room with me. So he's walking around. So if you hear little paw prints, I apologize. Also, paw prints doesn't make sense. See? <laughs> Dang it, my mind. It's okay. We'll get through it, guys. I'm drinking tea. I've got a crystal near me for energy. I said a prayer. I asked everything around me to give me the energy to have a conversation with you today. And I love the reminder that we can show up and we can do stuff even when we're not feeling it because we have to, because this is our job. Or in this case, this is what it is to be a parent, because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about parenting. More specifically, we're going to talk about what it is to be a working parent. I've gotten a lot of questions into the hotline lately from people who are asking for advice on how to better structure their days, their weeks, like what are things that they can do to help themselves as working parents. And that's what we're going to talk about today, which probably really makes sense that this episode is happening when I am super low energy, because I think this is what parenting does to you a lot too, where you're really low energy, but you have babies to take care of. You have kids who are coming home from school. You have They need you to make dinner. They need you to get them through bath and homework and all of that stuff. And so we don't always get a choice about how we get to feel when we have stuff to do. That's real life. And so is being a parent. And honestly, I structured today's conversation around being a working parent. But as I'm looking at this list, I actually think this is stuff that will help you even if you're a stay-at-home parent. These are just things that are, I think, tried and true. My oldest will be 16 in a few months. So this is 16 years of parenting. I have four children. I've been a foster parent to four children. So that's eight kids that have come into my care as a mother over the last 16 years. So I feel like I've got some ideas. Also coupling that with what it is to be a working parent with a really busy schedule. And this finds me in the midst of a season that's more chaotic than most because I've been on tour and I've been traveling. And let's talk about all the things, guys. Let's start at the very top, which is also really relevant given how we started this conversation. And my first piece of advice on how to keep your sanity as a working parent, first and foremost, is to take care of yourself. Let me say it again for the people in the back. If you want to be a good parent, if you want to do a great job taking care of your babies, the first and most important step is to take care of yourself. And unfortunately, that's something that most people won't even consider because that's not what we're taught. We're taught to do everything for everybody else. And there are seasons, like if you have a newborn baby or if you have a toddler where it requires a lot more care than it does if you have a teenager, certainly. But it doesn't really matter how old your kids are. You are always going to need to have the energy supply, to have the willpower, to have the strength, to have the mental capacity, the emotional tolerance, to have all of those things in line to be the best parent possible. And none of that is achievable if you're running yourself into the ground. If you don't take anything else out of this conversation today, I promise one of the most life-changing decisions you could make would be to practice self-care whatever that looks like to you, making sure that you're moving your body for at least 30 minutes every single day in a way that feels good to you, making sure that you're drinking enough water, washing your hands, getting enough sleep. This is a common mistake with a lot of parents where we have so little time to ourselves that we utilize that time after the kids go to bed as our chance for alone time and self-care. And then all of a sudden it's two o'clock in the morning you were catching up on your Netflix or you were reading your book or you were doing laundry or whatever, 
it's two o'clock in the morning and suddenly you're not going to get sleep again tonight because you're trying to take care of yourself. But it's way more important to take care of your health than it is to take care of your entertainment. Oftentimes we associate those forms of entertainment with rest. And yes, you may be relaxing, but you're also jacking up your brain because you're watching a screen, right? Which is affecting how your brain's operating. It means you're probably going to take longer to fall asleep. As much as it might be relaxing, it's not necessarily restful. And I don't know about y'all, but when I'm tired, that's when I feel like I show up the worst as a mama. Way more important than watching friends late at night is getting sleep. And remember that if you want to fall asleep easily, that kind of process, at least for me, starts an hour to 90 minutes in advance. 90 minutes before I want to fall asleep, I've got to start sort of shutting my brain down. I got to not look at screens. I'm having chamomile tea. Maybe I'm taking a bath or a shower. I typically will start my wind down once I put my daughter, my daughter's five and she's my youngest, so she goes to bed first. So once I put her to sleep, that's when I begin my wind down if I can. Because to be totally honest, I've got a lot of kids in sports and theater, and there are certainly times where I need to go pick someone up at night, and the wind down isn't totally an option if I've got to go do a nighttime pickup. But all of that to say, first and foremost, don't roll your eyes. This is clutch. Take care of yourself. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The second thing I think is so important is a plan, a schedule, a routine. I have talked about this for years. I cannot stress this enough. I don't know how it would be possible for me to successfully navigate parenting, being a working parent and having my schedule if I did not have a plan, a routine, and consistency in what the kids expect. So just to give you a just a little backstory on how things lay out now, the kids are in a week on week off. So I'm divorced, so they spend a week with their dad and they spend a week with me. It goes back and forth. And I do not have a nanny. I do not have a babysitter. I made the decision at the beginning of the summer. My daughter's going into kindergarten and it felt bonkers to still have a nanny, I've had a nanny since my oldest was like three months old, and I'm so grateful for all of the women who were so supportive and helpful. But now that all the kids are in school during the day, at least for right now, I'm not speaking to the future. I could have something happen in a year where my schedule gets crazy again, and this is not possible. But at least for right now, I can get my work done while the kids are at school. So I was like, well, I'll just you drop off and pick up myself, which is a total 
biatch. I'm not going to lie. I have four kids. I've got three different schools in the mix, all at different times. It's a lot, but I figure if I can just use that chunk of the middle of the day to get stuff done, and so far it's working, not to say that it's not a lot and not to say that I haven't called in my niece or different people. I I definitely have a village who's helpful. But just to give you guys a backstory, when I say a schedule and it being so important, it's literally because I spend, I mean, four hours a day in a car dropping off and picking people up because I live about 20, 25 minutes from where my kids go to school. So just there's your backstory. But the schedule and the routine is something I had even when I did have a babysitter or a nanny because I really wanted to make sure that even when I wasn't at home, the kids were still following a schedule that I could keep them on when I came back. So this is just key. And I go so far as to sit down and figure out, okay, where do we need to be at what time? And if we need to be there at that time, how much time do the kids need in the morning to be able to wake up? In, and not feel rushed and get a good breakfast and gives me time to make lunches and just all of it. Like I really lay it out and I lay it out. Okay. If I'm going to have to go do a pickup at three 30, then I need to leave the house at this time. And that means that I need to have dinner started in advance so I can finish it when we all get home. Like I'm, I guess as I'm thinking it, I'm, I'm a little anal about the schedule. I'm not, crazy about it has to happen at the same time or it always has to be the same thing. But I want to be able to count on what my plan is. And I also want the kids to be able to count on that. And it's really helpful for me and for my team if I'm scheduling a podcast interview or if I'm writing or doing anything that I know exactly what days of the week and what times I can fit that into. I can't recommend it enough. I think a schedule is everything. And I think this is especially true for anybody who is sharing their kids with someone else. I want them to know the plan when they come to my house every single time. I want them to be totally sure about what they can expect to have for dinner and how it's going to feel and the energy in the space and all of it. That's so important to me. I think I stressed a lot when. I first got divorced because I can't control what happens when they're not at my house. But I just focus on what I can control, which is creating a loving environment with a consistency and a routine and things that feel really good that they can count on every single time. And I think that with four kids and all of these schedules and busy work is key. The third thing that I think is really important, which really touches on what I just talked about, is asking for help. So I don't have a nanny anymore, but I do ask family for help. I ask my boyfriend for help. I ask I ask when I need it. I don't try and like win any awards by being the martyr of the century. I'm like, there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of responsibility at my work. Those things are going to require assistance. So I, for instance, when I've gone on tour, when I originally planned my tour, I very intentionally planned it for the weekends because at the time my kids were with me during the week and with their dad on weekends. And I thought, oh, this is great. That way there's no inconsistency to their schedule. I'll just go on tour on the weekends and then come back and they'll be with me. But now we're back on week on, week off. And that meant that I had a schedule where people would need to help because I go out of town and they can't obviously like raise themselves for a few days while I'm in Kansas City or whatever. So in this instance, I asked my big sister, I asked my mom like way in advance, months in advance, I asked people to like save dates for me so that It was really cool because it meant that the kids got time with family that they don't normally get to see, and it meant I could trust that they would be great. And by the way, let's circle back to the schedule. Because the schedule exists and it's so consistent, I can tell anybody, like, okay, here's what we do and how we do it, and there's no confusion about how to, like, keep these kids alive until I get back. So I 
really want to encourage you to ask for help. And the help doesn't have to come from a family member. You might not have access to family members or you might not have family members you want around your kids. It's why I utilize a nanny and babysitters for so many years. And I would encourage you to do the same if that's something you can afford. If not, can you share time with another working parent where it's like, hey, if you take my kids for these days, I'll take yours for these. Can you build your schedule around when the kids are in school? Can you look into daycare and not just like ask for help with keeping the kids alive, but ask for help with things that are going to be helpful. Can you automate your grocery order? Can you have your groceries delivered? Can you, I mean, frankly, automate as much as possible. I think when we take on trying to like automate bill pay, automate groceries, automate means that something happens automatically. You don't have to think about it. But unfortunately, when you set that up, you do have to think about it. It takes a lot in the beginning. But you're spending a, a bigger amount of time in the beginning, but you're going to save time exponentially in the long run. So ask for help and look for every shortcut or hack you can possibly imagine. Like a lot of us are like, well, it's just, it's easy. I'll just do it. If you don't enjoy it and you don't have to do it, don't do it. I actually really enjoy going to the grocery store. I'm a nerd. I really like walking around Whole Foods. I like seeing what they have. I do it once a week. It makes me super happy. But that's me. If you're not into that, fantastic. Order your groceries to be delivered. And and or frankly, I don't know, maybe you're like I I hate cooking. I don't great. Get meal delivery. Make your life as easy as you possibly can. Focus on the values and the things that you really care about. Because I promise if you're killing it in the areas that you really care about, that's what your kids notice. So my kids, the most important thing to my kids, this has always been the case, and I lean into this so hard. I make dinner every night that my kids are here. I make the little kids breakfast. We make lunches. Like food is a huge deal in our house. It's a huge deal. And it's not as big a deal when they go to their dads. That's nothing against him. That's just a difference in how we parent. But here, it really matters. And I remember it really mattering to me as a little kid to come home and there was like a hot dinner. And kind of the, this is probably a therapy session that a psychologist would have a field day with, but the more my family of origin, like the more my parents struggled in their marriage and the more that that became chaotic and fear-based and the more my family structure fell apart when I was little, the less and less dinners we had. Frankly, the less and less consistency there was with food being in the house a lot of my childhood, there wasn't food in the house. Or you would come home and my parents both worked. And yeah, I can't even speak to why. I know we struggled financially, but I also think just the older that we got and the more that they struggled, I don't know if they sort of thought, well, daddy thought mama was going to cover it. Mama thought daddy was going to cover it. I don't know. There just wasn't food. There was food inconsistency. And I'm sure that's why this is so important to me to make sure that not only is there always food, but that we are bonding around meals because I just think that's so special and it, it, it matters a lot. So I go really hard on the things that I care about and I know the kids care about. And then other stuff, I'm just not yeah, I'm sure there's things you do in your house that really matter to you that are not as big a deal to me. And that's the beauty of parenting. I think we're meant to lean into what matters to us and our family, but not what matters to other people. Ask for help and focus on the things that you really care about and just kill it at those things. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. 
And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. My next piece of advice is to do as much as you can in advance. As much as you can in advance. As soon as the kids come home from school, clean out the backpacks. Or as soon as you're able to clean out their backpacks and prep the backpack for the next morning. So both my little kids, my teenagers do this themselves, but both my little kids take snacks to school, take a water bottle to school, have stuff that needs to be signed. Sometimes they want a lunch. Sometimes they want to eat lunch at school. It just depends. But all of that is something I'm figuring out the night before because I just want mornings to be as chill as possible. I stand by this. I think that you want to wake your kids up at least an hour before they need to be out of the house. I think that having a slow morning before school is so important because, again, oh gosh, I'm sure if any of you are therapists, you're laughing at me because I'm realizing in real time basically that I'm trying to create a structure I didn't have as a child very early on, because my parents worked and because they left early in the morning, really early on, I had to learn to get myself up, get myself ready for school, make my own lunch. You probably, some of you are latchkey kids. You had a similar experience. But I was little. Like I remember being seven, eight, nine years old getting myself ready for school. And like, I didn't know how to set an alarm at the right time. I didn't know when I was supposed to get up. So I felt like kind of every morning was chaos and I was just like sprinting 
up the block to school and I was always almost late and it just made me feel really nervous and fearful and like I was going to get in trouble. And I just hate that. And I don't want my kids to experience it. And we, of course, like everybody on the planet, we've had days that were late or that were running behind. But for the most part, I really try and set them up in a way that the morning is so chill. Because I just feel like if your morning is chill and good, the same way for me and you, if our morning's chill and good, I feel like the rest of the day is going to be great. And I want that for them. And it gives them the time to get ready and to move slowly and to not have me being like, come on, hurry up, like get, let's go, let's go. So (laughs) I think anything you can to prep in advance so that the moments when there's a bit more urgency can still feel calm is, is really important. My last piece of advice here is to look for time wasters and kill them. Look for time wasters and kill them. What I mean by this is you want to get your life and your schedule as streamlined as possible. You want things to be as easy for you to pull off well as you possibly can. I don't just set a schedule and leave it. This isn't a crock pot. It's not set it and forget it. I set a schedule and then I'm constantly tweaking to try and make it as good as it can be. I'm looking for things that, I guess the easiest way I would describe it is look for points of tension. Look for things that happen in your schedule that feel really frustrating or really hard in the moment. And in the moment, try not to react to the frustration or the hard thing, but just take note of it so that you can later, when you have clarity of thought and you're by yourself, you can ask like, okay, how can I improve the way that this feels? A great example for me is my house is two-story and my daughter, who's five, her room's upstairs. She's five, which means she requires the most effort to get ready. And she takes the longest and it's a whole production. So I do as many things as I can to help that move faster so that she's not being rushed in the morning, but also that I'm not running up and down the stairs while I'm trying to do other things. A few things that I've done that have really helped is the first thing, oh, I cannot recommend this enough for elementary age children. It took me until my third kid to figure this out. So I definitely didn't have this with his older brothers, but there are kid-friendly alarm clocks now that like sort of slowly, I got this sunrise clock. I just found it on Amazon and it like slowly pretends to be the sunrise. So it's like slowly the lights coming on and music comes on and there's like birds chirping and it just gets louder and louder. So I set that to wake them up an hour, like I said, an hour before we need to leave. It's always set. And it's a clock where like Ford, who's 10, when it goes off in the morning, he knows the button to press to shut it off, but it's already automatically set for the next morning. So it's not like I need to reset it every single night, which is great. So the alarm clock goes off for them at six and they get themselves ready. For Noah, I preset her outfit the night before. When I I put her to bed, I preset her outfit. So we'll pick it out together because she has very strong opinions about what she should wear to school. But it's out already. So she doesn't need to overthink it and also – It helps me, especially in a season like this one where our weather's changing. So it'll be 90 (laughs) in the afternoon, but like 50 in the morning. So if I let her fully dress herself, she might come downstairs in something that won't work for what's happening with the weather outside and won't work for the weather later. So a time waster for me would be if I work with her while we're doing our bedtime routine to set out her outfit. And I can tell her, like, we're going to wear shorts and a t-shirt and here's all your stuff. But then here's the sweatshirt I need you to wear when you come downstairs because it'll be chilly when we leave for school. And then later you'll put it in your backpack. Like, we've already worked it out in advance. 
Another thing that was a big time saver for me was that she would come downstairs fully dressed. And by the way, just as a side note, going back to schedule and routine, all of my kids make their beds before they come downstairs. All of my kids. I have done this basically as long as I have been a parent. I start when they're really little and the younger they are, the worse their, I'm using air quotes, but the the worse their made bed looks. But for me, it's not about how the bed looks. It's about creating a habit and a routine that they can carry with them into their adult life. There's all sorts of studies about how important it is to make your bed and how you start off the day having achieved something and how you start off the day taking care of yourself because when you come back to that bed later, it looks warm and inviting instead of like chaos. So they make their bed before they come downstairs. Highly recommend. Yeah, so she would come downstairs in and be dressed for school, but then I'd still need to do her hair. So she'd come downstairs, we'd get breakfast, we'd do whatever, and then we'd go back upstairs and we do her hair. And that just ends up being, I realized, a big time waster. So I brought her hair stuff downstairs. So now her hair stuff is in my bathroom because it's just easier for me to not have to go back upstairs. So maybe that seems silly. I don't know. But I'm looking even five minutes or 10 minutes can make a big difference in your morning routine or your bedtime routine. So whenever you can, get rid of anything that's a waste of time for you. I think it's also really important. I know I said that was the last thing, but then I just thought of some more. I think it's also really important if you're as structured as I am and you have routines that to me, the weekends are about freedom. So we don't have the same schedule on the weekends that we do on weekdays because that would just, I think, be a bit intense. And I really want them to relax. They're tired from school, just like I'm tired from work. So on a weekend, they get one hour later for bedtime. They can sleep in until whenever they want, which with a teenage boy is like noon. And with Noah is like seven instead of six. But we're just a lot more chill on the weekends than we are during the weekdays. And I feel like it's important to have that decompression time. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Overall, I think it's just about setting yourself up for success in both areas of your life. Because what happens is when 
you're feeling stress or shame about being at work when you feel bad that you're not with your kids or when you feel stress or shame that you're with your kids, but you feel like you should be doing work, you're just going to get worse in both areas. It's actually way more effective to just be like, okay, I'm a working parent and I really want to do both of these things with heart and with passion and with purpose. So when I'm at work, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do my very best. And when I'm at home, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do my very best. It's that intentionality in both spaces that really allows you to thrive in both spaces. When I was a new parent, I had so much guilt. I had mommy guilt. I was so mortified that I needed to have a babysitter and that a babysitter was with my baby while I went to work. But I had to work. Like I had bills to pay. I didn't have the option of staying at home. And as a side note, mommy guilt is a first world problem. Because I'll tell you what, if you go to Ethiopia and you talk to a working mom in Ethiopia, which I have done, they are so grateful and so blessed by their job. They're so appreciative that they have a job that allows them to support their children. They literally can't understand the concept of mommy guilt. This is a privilege. To be able to have a job that helps you to support your family is a privilege that not everybody gets. And not just in developing nations, but in this one too. Right now, there are parents who are on unemployment, who are desperately trying to find jobs to support their kids, and you have one that helps you to take care of your family, and you're feeling guilt or shame about it. It's like you're feeling negative emotions about something that someone else is praying for. So if you are someone who's going to be a parent and going to be working, your shame about that is a waste of your energy. What if instead you decided to look at both parts of your life as a blessing? I'm going to do my very best to be a good steward of these blessings that I've been given. And that means I'm going to do my very best to be a great mama or a great daddy. And I'm going to do my very best to be an incredible boss or a great leader or a coworker. Whatever it is you do, do it with your whole heart. I also think it's one of the best examples you can set for your kids. Because when I was a young mom, I definitely didn't understand that. And I remember that I had a nanny. She was part-time and work was increasing. And I knew that I was going to have to go back to full-time and that I would need her to come full-time. And I was talking to an older mother, like she had kids in elementary school. And I was like, aren't you ever worried that your kid is going to love the nanny more than they love you? And she was like, oh, oh my gosh, no way. Children have an infinite capacity for love. And wouldn't you want your kids to be with a caretaker that they love and that loves them? And that was really helpful for me. So if you feel like you're struggling as a working parent, it could be really helpful for you to talk to other working parents who are further along down the line. Actually, in Tuesday's episode, I did this conversation about the four friends that you need to add to your life. And one of them was someone who's further down your path than you are. Because if they're further down the path, like if they're a parent who has older children, they can speak to what it felt like to be in that position and how they circumnavigated those feelings. It also really normalizes it for you. It's so great to have, you know, mom friends or dad friends, but if all your mom friends are stay at home and you're working, that might make you feel a certain kind of way. Surround yourself with people whenever possible that really align with what you're doing and where you're at and the vibration that you're at so that you feel the feedback of what you're doing in a really positive way. Because this is hard, man. Parenting's hard, and it changes from day to day. I don't ever have a full week where I feel like I killed it. 
That has never happened in the history of my life as a mom. Never. I've never gotten to the end of a week and been like, damn, someone give me an award. I really crushed it. Most of the time, we have good days. We have good moments. We have bad moments. We have me over in a corner trying to talk myself down from raising my voice. We have my daughter pushing every single person's buttons and me being like, Lord, help me. Help me with this girl. Help me to raise her upright, but also not crush her spirit and allow her to be free, but also make sure that she doesn't like murder us all in our sleep. Like, please, Lord. I'm in prayer constantly. And sometimes I'm like, okay, good job. Good job, Rach. Okay, that you handled that well. That was that was great work. You really kept calm. You talked to her, you helped her to find, you know, better options and to be solution oriented. And other times I'm like, well, okay, that was a you didn't do that one very well. And later we're gonna try again. The beauty of parenting is that you get to try again. If today you felt like you messed it up. By the grace of God, you'll wake up tomorrow and you'll get another shot. I think it's why it's so essential to not get set in our ways as parents. We see this a lot. I would be willing to bet that most parents actually get set in their ways. They like put it on cruise control and they're like, let's just get these kids to 18. But if I look at my own life and I look at my own kids, my oldest is going to be 16 in January. I've got two and a half more years with him, you guys. Two and a half. That's it. In the course of your entire life, I know that parenting when you're in it feels like it's going to be forever. It's not going to be forever. You're going to blink and they're going to be at college or they're going to be 30 or 40 or 50. If you really look at your entire life and how much of that you get to be at home with, like your kids are living with you at home, it's short. And in fact, if you think of it, if you flip it and you think, okay, I've got two and a half years with Jackson, the next two and a half years are the most I am going to see Jackson consistently for the rest of his life. That sounds like a crazy statement. Like I can't even totally wrap my mind around it. But think about it for a second. He's going to become a grown-up. He's going to he's not that kid like some kids will be like I'm going to take a couple years and still live at home, not Jackson. Jackson would have his own apartment today if he could. So that means for the rest of his life, this is the most time that we're going to spend together. Which makes my heart shatter into 1000 pieces. And if that's true, then you need to be as intentional as you can with every moment. This is your chance to instill the best habits, the best values, the best beliefs, all the love. Give them all the love, all the confidence. Plan as much as you can for those moments where you're laughing so hard you pee your pants and you're playing games and you're watching movies or baking cookies or whatever joy in parenting and family looks like to you because it's limited. If you have a baby and you're like, oh my God, sis, this feels so long, like it's never going to end. It will. I look at pictures of my kids as babies. That was yesterday. My daughter's in kindergarten. She was a little nugget without, her hair wasn't even curly. She came out and her hair was straight. That was yesterday. So I know that this feels hard, but this is fleeting. This is fleeting. And because it's so short and because it's so fleeting, you need to do everything you can to enjoy it while it's here and to do your very best while they're home with you. I don't believe that parenting stops when they move out of the house, but you will have a lot less influence than you have now. And that means too, by the way, that this might not be the season of your life where you can crush it at work because it is seasonal. The older your kids get, the more capacity you're going to have to take on other stuff. But at the same time, I never understood that when I had teenagers, all I was going to do was drive people around. I'm basically an Uber driver. 
That's all I do. Drive kids everywhere. I never understood how much time that was going to take up. It's why I'm not doing a podcast for you on like my nighttime routine. You know what my nighttime routine is? Picking up kids, (laughs) putting kids to bed, baths, food, and lots of driving. There isn't some like dreamy, oh, let's just fade off into, let go find a young YouTuber who doesn't have kids who will actually give you a really beautiful, intentional nighttime routine. But at least for right now, it's not going to come from me. Because every season of parenting has space, and every season of parenting has not space. (laughs) What's the absence? Yeah, every season of parenting comes with responsibility that you don't know about until you're in that season. So take care of yourself. Take care of these babies while they're here and be graceful. Some days you're going to kill it. Some days you're going to feel like it's killing you. But the fact that you stayed to the end of this episode because you wanted to glean some wisdom about how to be a better parent means that you're doing a really good job. Just keep going. I hope that you found this conversation helpful. I hope I wasn't too low energy for y'all. If you know another parent that you think would benefit from this conversation, I hope you'll share it. I'll be back soon with another episode. And until then, remember, always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.